0: Welcome back to the
1: MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to continue our discussion about how to effectively use video to improve your ad efficiency. Joining us again is Bob Ragnaris, who is a co-founder at Feed Stories, which is a Facebook video advertising agency that crafts compelling stories about your business that connect, captivate, and create customers for your brand. Yesterday, Bob and I talked about why video performs so well on Facebook and some other ad platforms. And today, we're going to talk about the secret to making compelling videos for advertising. All right. Here's the rest of my conversation with Bob Regneris, co-founder at Feed Stories. Bob, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast.
2: Great to be back with you, Ben. I guess I did a good enough job in episode one that you invited me back.
1: We're happy to have you. You were a wonderful speaker, and we kind of danced around an important topic when we talked about, hey, video's great. It helps you improve your efficiency. It's a great way to tell your story. And I kind of talked a little bit about my concerns about video is it could be a real pain in the ass to create compelling videos. I'd love to hear your thought on what are some of the ways that you can tackle the content creation process when you need to master sight, sound, and motion.
2: One of the TV shows our family watches during the summer, because there's really not much on, is America's Got Talent. I think everyone knows that the executive producer of AGT is Simon Cowell, who we all got to know from the American Idol series.
1: Those shows are like replicas of each other, right? (laughs)
2: They are. He's captured a formula. Here's what strikes me about Simon. He understands the power of story. If you look at the way the show is structured, the talent is obviously kind of first and foremost, but they do these stories on individuals that are on there. It's really critical for them. When somebody walks on stage, There's in this season, there's currently a comedian who's basically got no hands. And he's just a funny guy, but you get to really love the guy because they really get into his backstory. They, they understand who he is and how he came here and everything. There's a boy on there who plays the piano as good as you've ever heard. And he's got an amazing voice. He's blind and he has autism. You really get engaged with these characters, these people who are delivering their talent. And I know when there's a good act, when Simon says this, he says, you were memorable. You showed me something tonight that I'm going to remember for a long time. That really struck me when I first heard him say that. And it's really what we talk about with our clients is it's really important for you to be memorable, not necessarily in a way where you're trying so hard to be memorable, trying so hard to be entertaining. It's to be memorable. And the way we feel that most businesses can be memorable is simply to tell their story and be authentic and do so on camera. Now, that might take some practice, Ben, because most people are not inherently comfortable in front of the camera. Obviously, that's one of the services we provide. We help people become comfortable in camera. But I think with anyone who just takes the time and practices and does it on a recurring basis, you're going to get more comfortable in camera, and you're going to be more authentic, you're going to be more relaxed, and you're going to start to be memorable. I think the one thing that I see in video advertising that is so lacking is authenticity and doing something that people are going to remember. I just hate really boring advertising. Don't you?
1: No, it's my favorite thing. (laughs) Obviously, I'm kidding. I think that what you're leading to is the first and foremost when you're thinking about video advertising is what's the story you're telling? What's the message you're trying to get across? And if there isn't a sense of authenticity, people can feel that. If there is no emotion in the video, it doesn't have the thumb stopping power. And that's something that even with the sound off, people can get a sense for. Yeah. There's also a couple other parts where, you know, you're mastering the story. There's also making sure that it's a fit for the medium. Talk to me about some of the best practices for length of the video. How do you take a complex story and distill it down? How do you segment it out? What's the way that you're actually going through the video production process?
2: It's really interesting, and I'm glad you asked that. I think there's an appropriate time and appropriate length of video depending on the medium you're on and the point on the timeline in which your customer has become aware of you. So it's become very apparent to us that the first time you meet somebody, you have to be really succinct and you have to do a really good job of explaining who you are and why you're there and why that person should be listening to you in a very short amount of time. We're running ads, which we call prospecting ads, that are taking about 15 or 30 seconds of somebody's time, and that's it. That's a very short amount of time. We're using this on Facebook. We're using this on Instagram. We're using 10-second videos for YouTube advertisements. So if you're familiar on youtube you're interrupting another video that somebody's watching kind of like the old commercial right so you better be really succinct and you better be really direct because people have the ability to skip that video so we go very short on the introduction now as that prospect gets to know us a little bit better we've got a little bit more grace to go longer video. so We've had some success doing two and three minute videos in what we call our nutrient sequence on Facebook. But we found really effective when people are really investigating somebody, really getting in a relationship with somebody. You can run longer form like 20, 30, 60 minute, 90 minute videos on YouTube and really build up a following on a channel. I mean, this podcast, I know, Ben, we're probably around 15 to 20 minutes per episode. But as you know, there's other podcasters like Joe Rogan's is what, two to three hours these days. So people will consume really deep and long media, but they can do so after a relationship has been built. So in summary, really what we do is we start the relationship with very short attention getting video, and then we move to longer forms of video as they get deeper in the conversation with us.
1: As you're figuring out what your story is and you're breaking that down into your short form content up front, and your longer form content, right? When you're nurturing someone, when you've built up some equity, how do you think about the right mechanism? Are you leaning towards always having people in the video? Uh, Is there a time and a place for advertising? Where do product shot comes in and what do you do when you don't actually have people to be on a video?
2: Well, the first rule of thumb would be this, is that your first introduction to somebody has to be about them, not about you. So part of your story, if you're going to tell your story, the first part of that series has got to be about the person who's listening. This podcast, I'm sure, is obviously about you, Ben, but it's really about the people listening. And the reason your podcast is so successful is because you're putting people on that give value to your listeners. The same consideration has to be made with the video. Now, if you believe and you're running a 15 second or 30 second ad on Facebook, if you only talk about yourself, you're not compelling because people aren't compelled by you because they don't know who you are. So you want to turn the camera, not literally, but figuratively around on them and put them in your story as early as possible. So talk about the problem they have, talk about the experience that they're going to have, whet their appetite. So that can be people, but it can be a product i'm seeing a lot of great advertising these days for really great products on facebook and they're products that solve a problem i saw this demonstration of this powder you put in your sink that like cleans the pipes and it's kind of like going back to the infomercial days with the big reveal of the dd7 and some of those things right
1: Have the ads seen on tv crowd
2: Yeah, on tv but i'm like it caught my attention and was really compelling there So that's the first thing people want to consider is let's not have the camera on me, so to speak, and talk about me until I've talked about my prospect first. Once my prospect knows me, then I could talk about me and why it's important that we make this personal connection.
1: It's funny, as you're thinking about that, we do a lot of audio advertising and we we advertise this podcast on other podcasts because needless to say, finding podcast listeners is part of the problem. It's not necessarily just marketers, but people that are interested in engaging in MarTech content on a podcast. And the first thing in the copy that we have in our audio ads is, are you interested in learning how great businesses grow? And so as you're talking about, you need to address the pain point first and talk to about what the consumer is and put them in that mindset. It's like, oh yeah, I've asked a question That person is hopefully interested in learning how great companies grow. Then you're creating the solution. The MarTech podcast tells the stories of real world marketers who use technology to help businesses grow. Okay, that seems like it's a logical fit to solve the problem. And then the next step is, here's an example of some of the things you'll hear on the show. And now we're building credibility. And so I think that whether it's our audio advertising, video advertising on platform, or the as-seen-on-TV ads, which are selling some sort of a spray tape that holds a boat together so you can sail it around in the Everglades and not get eaten by an alligator, the formula of those ads are relatively consistent. And the thing that sticks out to me in terms of video is that you need to break up that formula into multiple pieces of content. Time for a one minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost effective. Request a demo at Mutinex.co. That's M U T I N E X.co. So talk to me about how you think about where to draw the line. You know, you have 15 to 30 seconds up front. You maybe get 60 minutes at the back end of your video advertising series. Where do you draw the line? How do you think about those multiple stages?
2: That's a great question. And the answer was really kind of made clear to me by my business partner, Brandon Boyd, who by trade is a copywriter. And what we came to understand is the best video series In terms of getting somebody from just discovering you to becoming a customer is really some of the forms of the sales letter so what we've been talking about in terms of grabbing attention is what we traditionally call the headline there's a big bold promise in there there's a guarantee in there there's a whole list of benefits in there there's demonstration in there all those pieces that you would typically put in a traditional lawn form sales letter exist in a video sales sequence So when we work with a client, we actually think about those different components of a sales letter and then fit their video story to that. So we're really working hard on headline and attention things, because if you do any sort of advertising, you know, you just don't run one headline, you run numerous headlines. So we're going to test different angles. And we're also going to test different ways to show that. We might work on a kind of face to camera video like you and I are doing right now. We might do a product demonstration video. We might feature a customer on video demonstrating the problem that we're trying to solve. There's dozens and dozens of ways to approach it. But what you're really thinking about is where is my prospect in the sequence? So what do I need to do first? I need to get their attention. Now I need to make a big, bold promise. Now I need to show them that I'm a credible person, right? I need to give them testimonials. I need to give them proof. All these things that you typically can do in a sales letter, you can do it in video as well. And that helps kind of guide you where you're at in the process.
1: I think the one other big topic we haven't talked about with video is the cost. When you're running a bootstrap company, when you're a startup, when you're early stage, going out and buying video gear seems like it's expensive, seems like it's complicated. When you're working at larger brands, you're spending potentially millions of dollars producing videos, You know, mostly when you're talking about Super Bowl ads and things along those lines. Huge budgets for short spots. Talk to me about what companies should be spending at early stage, at growth stage. How do you think about the cost of video?
2: There is all kinds of ways to get video done. So let's talk about kind of the thing that people expect, which is the big production, a commercial shoot, multi-camera, maybe actors involved, multiple scenes. At a minimum, you're $100,000 there. That's really reserved, in my opinion, for a bigger brand, bigger companies that intend to distribute that not only online, but also through traditional channels like television. Getting down to some more reasonable, we do something called a video story day, which is kind of a six hour day that costs 20,000, where we do a dual camera shoot. We get somebody on camera or we can put an actor on camera and we churn out about eight hours worth of video in a day, and we produce eight months of content. So that's a pretty good ROI when you consider the amount of content you get out of there. That's of course a full service, but you can hire a videographer. You can get a day rate of like $1,500 for somebody to come in and uh, point a camera at you. What you don't have in that instance is kind of the script. That's something you got to work on yourself. You could have a setup like what you and I have right now. You know, I've got a $60 webcam, which shoots in 1080p. I've got a little ring light here that puts a little light on my bald head. I've got a vinyl backdrop and a banner here, so it looks nice on camera. And I produce a ton of content this way. So does my business partner. And all it really takes is a couple hundred dollars and some time. So it really is all about kind of where you're at in the process This is a really effective setup that we're looking at here for doing face-to-camera shoots and with a traditional videographer. If you're going to do product-type videos, I would suggest that you go with a company that has experience. They're going to be using light boxes, gimbals, and all kinds of other equipment to really highlight your product. I do recommend, if you have product, that you get people wearing it. If it's a wearable product, using it if it's a usable product. Get the experience of your business shown on film is really important. Those shoots are usually typically around a day or a day and a half, depending on how complex they are. And your budget's probably gonna be between 10 and 25,000 for something like that. So, what we recommend for people after all that is really consider going simple first, like we're doing here, and then work your way up to some of the more extravagant things. Obviously, if you're in a corporate environment, you've got more budget and you could probably start at a higher level.
1: One of the things that I don't think you covered is the user-generated style content where we have you know, what you called face-to-video, two guys sitting in front of a Zoom conference talking to each other, and you have a nice backdrop and some lighting equipment. One of the things that I've heard specifically with the Facebook and Instagram platforms is that the... Videos that look like handheld, user-generated, iPhone shot content tend to fit into the feed and generate results the most. Is it worth just running around with an iPhone and trying to do some of this stuff yourself? And where can you get away being hacky and where should you really be investing your dollars?
2: Hell to the yeah, Ben. That is what I encourage people to do. Literally take your iPhone out and shoot some video. Here's why. Think about what Facebook is Facebook in itself is not a place for businesses to advertise. I mean it is, but it's really about people connecting with people.
1: I was gonna say it's a place for political parties to try to get their point across but
2: yeah as of 2016 right yeah but there's so many tests that you could do research on a lot of like social media examiners so forth has all kinds of tests on this but the more normal and authentic your content looks, the more likely it's going to get engagement. So stuff like real corporate style stuff, stock stuff, archival footage, that doesn't fly. Like people fly right past that. But they're going to stop on an iPhone video where somebody's got the camera held up to their face. They're going to stop when somebody's got it on a uh, selfie pole and things like that. Now, you got to earn the right for people to stay tuned to you. Maybe you get them to start your video, but if it's crap, they're going to keep going. But I know for a fact that that type of stuff, it's more thumb stopping content than the really polished branded stuff that you put there. I think it's good to have a mix of both, to be honest with you. But if you're not doing video and you're carrying around a smartphone, shame on you. You're missing a huge opportunity to connect with people just by putting that smartphone up to your face for a few minutes.
1: One of the hacky things that we've been testing here to try to promote the MarTech Podcast is to take quick audio snippets, 30-second clips that are highlights from each of our show, When we're creating videos using a tool called Headliner, which is essentially an audiogram. It's a screenshot of the person that is our guest, and it has the transcript of the 30-second clip, and it's got a little audio wave behind them, and we're using that as our video to put onto Facebook, Obviously, that's not appropriate for everyone. It's probably something that's suited for podcasters or people that are producing audio content. Are there any other tools or any other hacky ways that you can create video without actually shooting video of yourself? How can you repurpose content?
2: Well, to show you how committed Facebook is to video, they have a tool to animate any still image that you put into your ad account. They're almost forcing you to use video because they know how critical it is. So I tell people, if you've got a handful of still images, plug it into Facebook and use their creative tool to generate a video right on the spot. There's a lot of other platforms out there that can turn still content into videos. So your idea, I've seen that used, I think it's really effective because there's motion there, there's visual component to it. You're not doing a five minute snippet, it's a 30 second snippet. Gives people an idea of what they're gonna get, it's a compelling 30-second bit, and it's going to drive traffic to your podcast. So I think you said it before, there's motion there. There's there's sound there. There's a connection there. So I love that idea. And there's just so many tools that are available now that allow you to create that motion and create those videos that you really should be taking advantage of them.
1: I'll say that for our initial test in Facebook, we were generating somewhere between a 5 and a $7 cost per incremental download using Facebook, and that was using a a flat image, just promoting the MarTech podcast. And we went to this more dynamic style video. Our targeting changed a fair amount, but the cost per acquisition went to roughly $2 to $3. So it was cut roughly in half by shifting towards video. Last question I have for you. We've talked a lot about the advertising platform and how to do lead generation. What are some other ways that you can use video outside of just attracting new customers and retargeting?
2: I've talked a lot on this interview about story, and I think one neglected story in a lot of businesses' advertising is the customer story. In fact, I think the customer story is probably the most important story to tell. If you do a really good job of featuring and showcasing your customers and and turning the camera to them, I think you're going to find that your ads are more engaging I think you're going to have higher conversion rates for your ads and I think you're going to have better longer term customers. We recently been launched a service called Testimonials.live where we've made it really easy for businesses to capture video testimonials because they're so critical in a business and especially for a business where you have a high customer value, where it makes sense to invest in getting really quality testimonials product reviews and things like that, by allowing your users, allowing your customers to tell their story, it really takes the pressure off of you as an advertiser, because you're not looked at as bragging, you're not looked at as potentially lying. An authentic video testimonial and user-generated content is so powerful at pulling new people in and converting people into your business. So That's one area that we tend to focus with our clients is not only getting them on camera, but we really push them to get their clients, customers, and patients on camera.
1: So video, impactful not only from your advertising platform, but also works in terms of retargeting existing customers, focusing on the middle of your funnel, and even building credibility and doing customer retention through things like Testimonials.live. Bob, I've learned a lot through this conversation. Video is something that we are testing here to try to promote the MarTech podcast Something that I've heard from multiple people is the secret for advertising across multiple different social networks, all sorts of advertising platforms. I appreciate you sharing your expertise with us.
2: It's been great being on and having a conversation with you, Ben, and uh, wish you all the success for the Martech podcast. You guys are doing really great things.
1: Appreciate that. All right. Well, that wraps up this episode of the Martech podcast. Thanks to Bob Regnerus, co-founder at Feed Stories, for joining us. If you'd like to learn more about Bob, you can click on the link to his LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You could send him a tweet at Bob Regnerus. It's B-O-B-R-E-G-N-E-R-U-S. Or you can visit his website, which is feedstories.com. Just one link I want to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, Head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can sign up for our weekly newsletter. You can also ask us your marketing questions or give us your topic suggestions. Of course, you can always reach out on social media as well. My handle is BenJShap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P on LinkedIn and on Twitter. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we publish episodes every day during the work week. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your